Welcome to Earth Matters, environmental justice stories from Australia and around the world. Produced in the studios of 3CR in Melbourne and broadcast across this continent via the Community Radio Network. I'm Tisha Nahern. And this is a fight to survive. This is a fight to secure our livelihood. And this is a fight to secure our mother earth. And this is a fight to live with dignity. And I know, I know you, me, and we all together are unstoppable and another world is possible. Thank you. Vaishali Patil there, speaking at the Stop Adani Roadshow in Melbourne on the 31st of March. Today, we'll be bringing you some of the voices from the Stop Adani Roadshow. Well, unless you've been living under a rock for the last few years, you would have probably heard about the proposed Carmichael coal mine in the Galilee Basin of Queensland. The case against Adani's coal mine is compelling the mine will draw billions of litres of water from the Great Artesian Basin. The burning of the coal will produce billions of tonnes of pollution, dashing all hope of staying under the already alarming target of two degrees warming globally. And the mine is strongly opposed by the Wangan Jugalingu traditional owners. But this hasn't stopped the Queensland and federal governments from giving subsidies, fast-tracking approval and even attempting to change native title legislation all to try and secure the project. So on today's show, we'll hear from Millie Telford, co-director of Seed Indigenous Youth Climate Network, and Vashali Patil, the People's Global Climate Ambassador of India. First up, here's Millie, speaking to a packed-out audience at the Melbourne Exhibition Centre. Thank you. Um, I really want to thank Anudai for our absence for welcoming us to this beautiful country, as a proud Aboriginal and South Sea Islander woman from the Mijibul clan of the Bundjalung Nation, I also want to pay my respects to our ancestors and elders amongst us, um, to all the Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander people who are in this room. Um, and in their absence, all, the, all of our mob right around this country who are fighting hard to create change for our people. It's so important to acknowledge the ongoing struggle um, of First Nations people right across this country and the way that we continue to face colonisation in a modern context. But it's also really important to acknowledge the strength and the resiliency of our people to still be here. I want to specifically acknowledge the Wangan and Jagalingu people and other traditional owners whose country is on the front line of Adani's bullying and this coal mine. As you can see from the video shown just now, the Wangan and Jagalingu Family Council um, their strength and their resiliency is extraordinary, but it's also extraordinarily terrifying. We're all here in this room because we want to stop Adani, but first and foremost, I didn't try this early, sorry. <laughs> first and foremost is the fight of First Nations people whose country is on the line. That's a whole different story and it can only be told by the people themselves. So being here tonight, I'm talking on behalf of myself as an Aboriginal woman and of the Seed Indigenous Youth Climate Network, who are standing as separate but in solidarity with First Nations people who are on the front line of this project. 
I'm here to talk to you about why Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander people right around this country are standing up for climate justice in hope that you'll stand with us too. So as the National Co-Director of the SEED Indigenous Youth Climate Network, I have one of the best jobs in the world, building up the next generation of young Indigenous people who are passionate, creative and committed to protecting our country, our culture and our communities from the causes and impacts of climate change. As a 22-year-old Aboriginal woman, um, I grew up on the north coast of New South Wales and I've been a witness to the causes and the impacts of climate change for the majority of my life. Right now our community are facing floods in Lismore, um, but growing up I was a witness to severe coastal erosion all along the east coast of Australia from increased cyclones. And around the same time that I started witnessing these impacts, I was also learning about climate change at school and learning more about who I am as an Aboriginal woman. And so I started to connect the dots between what I was learning at school, the changes I was seeing, and the ongoing injustices that our people are facing. And I realised I needed to do something about it. I also realised that although climate change affects everybody, the impacts aren't evenly distributed. And too often it's the people who've done the least to cause the issue that face the most severe consequences. At the core of this crisis is the loss of Indigenous land, cultures and livelihoods. Many of our people have been forced off country ever since colonisation. And now today, because of the causes and the impacts of climate change, we're being forced off yet again. Whether it be from rising sea levels in the Torres Strait, or lack of access to clean drinking water, or because our governments are siding with the fossil fuel industry, or because the mine down the road won't stop burning and the air is just too toxic to breathe. For our mob, the impacts go beyond what you see on TV or what you hear about in the news. We don't just see the impacts, we feel them. <coughs> Our connection to country is a part of who we are. It's a part of our identity. From coral bleaching events and the Great Barrier Reef, to unpredictable seasons and changing weather patterns, to the loss of native plants and wildlife, our totems and our songlines. For many of us, we feel the pain our country feels. We feel the pain our ancestors and our old people feel, who have looked after this land sustainably for generations. We feel the pain of future generations who in, in, are inheriting this mess. I remember it was Margaret Johnson, um, youth spokesperson for the Wanganajagalingo people who you saw in the video. She's explained it by saying, if our country is sick, then so are we. On top of all of this, our communities have been fighting for years for better housing, access to basic human services like health and education. What we need to realise is that climate change makes every one of these issues worse. In addressing this crisis, it's crucial that we recognise that this is not just an issue about the environment. This is a deep issue of social justice and injustice that threatens both Indigenous and human rights. The reason why so many young mob right around this country 
are a part of this movement is because we can't just stand by are being made about us without us. Some of you might know that right now the Turnbull government have denied the rights of Indigenous peoples by trying to rush through changes to the Native Title Act in the interests of mining companies like Adani. And yet, and at the moment, we're unsure whether or not Labor are going to support them. For generations, Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander people have fought so hard for land rights, and yet within a matter of weeks, this can just all be undone. It's just not fair. Like, a few days to put forth submissions is not proper consultation. One public hearing in Brisbane is not proper consultation. As Indigenous people, we face a cultural responsibility to protect country. And yet these changes to native title will make it harder to fulfil this cultural responsibility whilst making it easier for mining companies to destroy Aboriginal land, our culture and the climate. In Australia, we know that the mining and the burning of fossil fuels is by far the largest contribution that we make towards climate change. And yet in a country that is continuing to see the impacts of a warming climate, it's completely reckless that we're even considering building a new coal mine, right? Yeah. Our government, as we've already heard, our government is prepared to loan a billion dollars of public money and do basically whatever it takes to make it easier for their mining mates to trash Indigenous rights, to cook the climate and to wreck the reef. But as grim as the world can seem today, we're not about to give up anytime soon. As the oceans are rising, people are rising up too. And what gives me hope are the hundreds of thousands of young people right across this country who are standing up, who are standing up to the challenge that we're facing and who are going to lead out the change that our people need. Here in Australia, we're not alone. Right around the world, Indigenous people are organising, mobilising and getting the job done. It's our communities on the front lines of these issues that need to be at the forefront of change, leading the solutions that work for all people, not just for some. And so that's why over the last few years, we've been standing up um, together with the Australian Youth Climate Coalition and a whole range of other groups who are represented here in this room, standing up against the federal and the Queensland government and Australia's big four banks to stop Adani from getting the funding and the support that they need for this mine. Already, NAB has set a precedent by ruling out funding this project, and both ANZ and Commonwealth Bank have distanced themselves or backed away too. Westpac is the only bank yet to put distance between themselves and Adani. So, yeah. so now is the time to make sure that Adani don't get the money that they need to get this project off the ground. We're not going to stop until Adani have no private or public money. we will block, right? Yeah. Just last week, SEED was a part of launching the Stop Adani Alliance, which is a growing movement of over 1.5 million people. That was last week. I reckon we're like, you know, quite a bit further ahead now. <laughs> um, but of 1.5 million people across Australia who are coming together to make a stopping Adani the fight of our times. Every one of you in this room has come here tonight for a reason. 
And we call on you to think about what role you're going to play in stopping Adani, in building the movement for climate justice, and in transitioning our economy um, and, and our energy systems beyond the industries that exploit our land and our culture. I just want to finish um, by with a small note saying that I want everyone to imagine a world where the lives of all people are valued equally, where together we stand up despite the colour of our skin, the amount of money in our pockets, or whether the problem is in my backyard or yours. But right now this world is only a part of our vision, and it's up to us to create it. We can't let climate change be an issue that divides us. It needs to be an issue that unites us. So who's with me? by um, doing a quick shout out to any Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander people who are here in this room. Um, we've got Seed Mob out on our stall, um, amazing volunteers. We want to talk to you. Please come and sign up. Um, and to anyone else who wants to come and talk to us about how you can support us, um, please come and talk to us. And also, please um, support the Wangan and Jagalingu people by going to the website as well. Thank you. Millie Telford, speaking at the Stop Adani Roadshow in Melbourne. You're listening to Earth Matters, environmental justice stories on the Community Radio Network. Vaishali Patil is the People's Global Climate Ambassador of India. She speaks here about the fight against Adani in India. Thanks a lot for your warm welcome. I'm coming from India and that region of Maharashtra, which is part of Western Ghat. This is the same area which is known for its biodiversity hotspot. We have so many endemic species, birds, animals, which are dying off, and it is still there in my region. This is the same area from where Alfonso Mango gets exported in the whole world. It's a narrow strip of 440 kilometers area where one side there is an Arabian sea coast and other side is beautiful western Ghat Sanyadri mountains. And this is the same area where our livelihood depends on fishing, agriculture and upland cultivation. And unfortunately, this is the same area where 52 mining leases have been sanctioned. And this is the same area where 18 power projects, out of which four power projects are functional and others are in pipeline. And this is the same area in which not only India, but perhaps largest nuclear power plant of the world is coming up. And people have been resisting it. People are protesting. People have something to say about it. And they are demanding something. I still remember a few years back when in my confederation, coal thermal power project was planned. 
and public hearing was there. And there was a news which was spread that so many people are going to get the jobs in this power project. And farmers who have never gone to school, women who don't know outside their village what's happening, wanted to really know and go and see what this, this coal project is going to give them back after having taken the land. And we all of us, we went to Gujarat. Gujarat is our neighboring state where Adani had his coal project in Mandra. And I still remember in this Gujarat when we went, we were a group of the farmers, fisher folks. When we went there, what we really saw was there was a there was sea, there was coastal area, but no fish. No fish catch. Because the whole water was polluted. We saw agricultural land around and the farmers shared with us because of the fly ash, they can't cultivate, they are not getting the production as they used to get before. And I still remember having met with women's group, a fisher folk women's group, Muslim fisher folk, and out of that one Najma was there, very angry woman, agitated wanting to resist this project and had been resisting this project in spite of its being functioning. And because of her resistance and her way of sharing, one of the government officers who was there with us, he asked Najma, you know, Adani has given you a very good compensation package for the farmers. But unfortunately in India, fisher folks never get any compensation package because they don't have any titles on the fish. People who have got titles on the land get some compensation. And it was asked to her, okay, you, you have lost the production. Okay, you have lost the livelihood. Okay, there are no traditional fish folks who can really do the fishing in this Arabian Sea. But what else if the company wants to rehabilitate you, compensate you for this, government wants to compensate you for that. What would be the best compensation you would like to have? Please demand and we shall make government here and we shall make company here. And you know what she asked? Najma asked company and government that please create another Arabian Sea and that is the only compensation this Adani can give us. livelihood is taken away, when fisher folk lose their livelihood, when small and marginalized farmers, they lose their agricultural land and production, you really cannot throw few thousands of dollars on their face and say this is your compensation. And this is what is happening. And precisely for that, after coming back from that project, Women from our area, fisher from our area, farmers from our area, project affected community from our area started protesting. It was a non-violence protest going on from last 2005 till then. And precisely because of this protest, there has been some moratorium on coal and mining in some parts of our region. But the rest of the region is still burning, still burning and still burning. And this is what precisely has taken me here 
and I am very happy to talk with you. I know the people who have been sitting here, almost 1,500 Australian citizens are sitting here. You are already enrolled in something. You are already enrolled of knowing, listening to the sharing what this particular project is going to do. And precisely for that you have taken out your time and you have been here. And I am very happy, very happy to talk with you. And I still remember that when our protest was going on for a long period, Chief Minister of Maharashtra State came to our region and there was a huge rally of the fisher folks and the farmers in Jaitapur area, in Pavasvidya and Jatnagari district. And they, the Chief Minister of Aschay, declared because of the agitation and protest by the farmers against the project coal and nuclear, he said, you know, the compensation, land compensation was 2 lakhs rupees and now we will be giving 5 times more compensation, 10 lakhs rupees. And none of the farmers who were sitting there, Bishop Fox clapped. None of them clapped. And after the program, he talked with a president of our local self-government. Now in India, we have a Gram Panchayat local self-government and in which women, SCST, the lower caste also have got the reservation. And one of the women, president, who has been there, who was there because of her reservation, she was a president. She was there and we half of our local Gram Panchayat, he wanted to have a discussion with her. And he asked her, you know, we have raised five times compensation and what is your opinion about it? And she says, no, we don't want this project. He said, but why you don't want this project? She said, I don't want this project because we women, we can't sleep in the night. And it was funny for him. And he said, I know this green movement and I know this activist coming from out and creating a lot of rumors and telling you this project is going to take away this, this project is going to give you this. And precisely for that, maybe you are very tense and you can't sleep. She said, in Marathi she said very well, and she said, my dear Chief Minister, if I have to exactly translate that, she said, my dear Chief Minister, I can't sleep, I can't sleep, not because what rumors are there, but because the fact is, if I have to put in the situation and explain you in the world exactly what she said in Marathi, was, you know, uh, in the night I'm sleeping on a pillow, and under that pillow there is a poisonous snake. And I know it is a poisonous snake, and you as a state, as a corporate, he will know as a corporate, he knows that it is a poisonous snake. And still, you are telling me, in spite of snake being there, pillow on that, and I have to rest my head throughout the night, and still you are telling me, rest peacefully, government and corporate will take care of the environment damage. Sleep peacefully and we will take care of it. That snake should not bite you. How can I sleep? sleep in the night. Women from my area are unable to sleep in the night. Farmers from our area are not able to sleep in the night. Fisher folks from our area are feeling very insecure. And precisely for that, I have come here to tell you the aspirations of the business houses, although it is from India, are not the same of the aspirations and dreams of Indian citizens. It's not true. I think it's not true. 
We don't want this here. And this coal mines being here in the indigenous area means more coal energy projects in India. So whatever takes place between one company to your country and your state government or federal government and what takes place in Indian government to other government, we have got hardly anything to say in that. Such deals are never put into the public domain, so how we will know? Most of the people don't know to read and write. We are not online, we can't read it. So how can we have any power of interventions in that area? So I have just come all the way from India to tell you aspirations and dreams of Indians are very different and after having the road show where thousands of people have attended and this is the last road show of my culture, I am very confident, very sure that aspirations and dreams of Australian citizens is also not the same of your state. Because I know that you are sitting in the chair because you are alone to listen to why the reasons of stopping this mine over there. It's not a question of stopping this particular mine. It's not a question of stopping Adani. It's not a question of stopping one thermal power project. But it's a whole question of helping and supporting all those on this earth, not only in Australia, not only in India, but on this earth who all are struggling to survive. And this is a fight to survive. This is a fight to secure our livelihood. And this is a fight to secure our mother earth. And this is a fight to live with dignity. And I know, I know you, me, and we all together are unstoppable and another world is possible. Thank you. Vaishali Patil. Speaking at the Stop Adani Roadshow in Melbourne in March 2017. To get involved in the campaign to stop Adani, you can go to stopadani.com and also make sure you check out the Wangan Jugalingu Family Council's website where you can donate to help the traditional owners fight for their country. You've been listening to Earth Matters, Community Radio's National Environmental Justice Program. I'm Tisha Nahern. If you missed any of today's show, you can check out our podcasts at 3cr.org.au forward slash earthmatters. Earthmatters would like to thank the Community Broadcasting Foundation for their financial support and the Community Radio Network for getting the program out to you. Earthmatters is produced in the studios of 3CR in Melbourne on Wurundjeri country. You can contact us on 03 94198377 via email at earthmatters3cr at gmail.com or on our Facebook page. I hope you can tune in next week for more Earth Matters. You've been listening to a 3CR podcast produced in the studios of independent community radio station 3CR in Melbourne, Australia. 
For more information, go to allthews.3cr.org.au.